Welcome to the Zwift SBS podcast. Zwift is the app that turns indoor training into a game. With structured workouts, training plans and massive online group rides to make your training fun. Because fun is results. Fun is fast. Go to Zwift.com and start your free trial. Bonjour, 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 and welcome to the Zwift Cycling Central podcast. Uh, before we start, let me remind you that you can uh, download, stream, or subscribe to our podcast on our website, sbs.com.au slash central or log a ride with our friend at Zwift. And joining me in person, in the studio, oh yeah, we are in the studio, is Dave McKenzie. How are you, Dave? Woohoo! Uh, how good is that? In the studio, I am so happy to be back in the studio. You know, we're, we're very... Um, Sanitized, sterilized. Um, I walked in and there was uh, someone at the, the, the front doors of SBS with big rubber gloves on. I got a bit nervous, but anyway, I made it into the studio. Knowing the reputation of SBS. Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. oh, let's not go down that path. <laughs> well, welcome back. Yes. Very, there, is a, there is a very social distancing, we must admit. Yep. It's about three meters between us, but uh, it's fine. You know, at is. least we're in the same room and we're not talking via the, the interwebs or the internet. And you know what else? We even got to have. In all seriousness, we got to have a coffee yeah. outside and sit at a cafe. We're allowed to do that now. So how good's that? Absolutely. Let's talk. Uh, let's talk cycling. So the very big news is uh, Mitch Shelton Scott is turning pink. There's a lot of pink appearing, and it's not for the Giro. It's because they're changing the name and maybe a bit more. Yes, absolutely. It's how can we not start with with this one? It's massive news, and Manuel Fundacion is the the new naming rights sponsor. Of well, we'll call it Mitchell and Scott because it still is. is excellent. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and so this company—it's a non-for-profit, we believe—that um, was set up uh, by a gentleman and his wife to to look after the underprivileged. I think he is a former uh, property developer in Spain, based in the very southern part of Spain, in Granada, beautiful part of the world. And they had an under twenty-three squad. Mm-hmm. But now, in the space of two weeks, the deal was done in May, so we're told. And for the remainder of the season, that is the name of the squad, Manuel Fundacion. So when they start back racing. And yeah, look, it's it's big news, massive news. I've been, um, I've been looking for them on uh, on YouTube uh, and on their under 23, you said, on the yeah, 25 team. Yeah. Uh, they had 35 subscribers on YouTube. It's about to blow... The numbers are off completely. Yeah, I've I've read a couple of um I've read a couple of uh, comments from the spokespeople from the from the team or uh, from the foundation, just talking about the merger or, or the buyout of Mitchell and Scott, and they said they had these grand plans, and the owner has always had a had a interest in sport and particularly cycling, and so with the COVID crisis, they said it's unfortunate with you know what's happened but for us it has fast tracked our way into the world tour so they always had plans to go into the world tour and this has fast tracked it i think look the murmurs have always been there in the last 12 months in the bubble that we're in anyway that, that jerry ryan was looking for a, a an exit strategy i suppose and he, he has a right to i can um, if i can just say that he's been so good to this sport he's been he's been a pillar yeah, Australian cycling. You know, there's there's Cadel Evans and then there's Jerry Ryan's. And, that, and you know what? Before them. there was Cadel Evans, yeah. there was Jerry Ryan, and and uh, um, you know he supported. Uh, he went right back um, to the very beginnings of some of the Australian success. Um, you know, and he he supported 
so many athletes. I mean, I was an 18 year old kid when I first met Jerry Ryan, and um, that was just the beginning um, of the journey for him. And it's not over yet. Mm-hmm. But, but we can debate this, actually. It's, yeah. a, it's a genuine question because uh, I could throw this one in. Is this the end of a Australian World Tour team? Because we know, uh, you know, we had Drapak that folded um, a few years ago, yep. which could have come up uh, yep. to a certain level. What's next? If that eventually the license goes away from Australia, which is a possibility, we can discuss this. Uh, could this be the end of an Australian World Tour license? Yes. Yeah. Totally. Yeah, yeah. Hate to be a party pooper, but it could be. My 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 philosophy on all of these on on anything like this, these success stories, is all good things have to come to an end at some point. Some some live longer than you know others. Not this podcast, for sure. <laughs> no, this this lives on even forever. through the COVID crisis. Cue the Oasis song, live yeah. forever. <laughs> but yeah, look, it's 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 inevitable at some point. And as we said, you know, we don't have to talk about we will because we should stand up and praise him and clap him, Jerry Ryan's involvement and investment in not just Orica Green Edge or Green Edge as it was first, uh, its first incarceration and um, incarnation, I should say. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to leave this. (laughs) No. Too many coffees. Um, So, you know, the amount of investment he's put into cycling is incredible and it, it, it ranks right up there with any sponsorship of any team in any country in the world that's that's how significant and it's let, been let's remember as well like i know it's not the end but we can start remembering the achievements yeah. they've, they've won a grand tour yes uh you know they, they've achieved that yeah uh, they've won multiple stage everywhere they've won back racing they back races they won Paris roubaix uh they've they, they've done well yes they have but let's go back to your question though, will they will they change to become a Spanish World Tour team? I think eventually, inevitably, they will. And then, what does that mean for the makeup of the squad? You know, there's a there's a absolutely the, the DNA of that team has changed over the years from the very beginning. And I know this firsthand because my wife, as you know, worked for the squad in the very first two years. Um, and it's changed dramatically. The staff have moved on, but guys like Matt White. Um, you know, he's been a director sportive for many years now. I'd imagine he would stay on in in a capacity. He'd have to. I mean, what his what his experience, you know, at world tour level is almost second to none. But a bit more worried about the the up and coming Australian riders. You know, okay, yes. like Durbo probably has his seat uh, and, well and truly secured. But yep. what about the, the the younger side? And what about the women's cycling as well? I was just about to say, what about the women's world tour squad? That's going to potentially, well, who knows? Who knows what their thought process there is? And for the Australian riders, and even guys like Durbo, you say, okay, his place might be secure, but he'll be less inclined to stay. You know, he'll... Yeah. That they'll be less inclined to stay, the Australian riders. If, if they do have a current contract, they might now start to look beyond, you know, staying, staying with that squad. So, I mean, it's all hearsay at the moment, but yeah, I think I think the writing's on the wall that that it will become, or, or certainly won't become, an Australian World Tour team in the future. If I come back a couple of weeks ago, uh, there was an article with Annemiek van Vluten where she actually, well, that was the headline, but the headline was, "We all know the team is in danger." She obviously knew a bit more than we did, mm. uh, so they they must feel that they are saved at least for this season. But you're right, it's changing the makeup of the team and the women's squad 
is is a question mark as well. Yeah. What, what we what do we know about the the foundation's involvement in women cycling and what they want to do? Yeah, not much. I'll, I'll confess, I haven't had a chance to. So, and it's hard to find out too much information um, about the foundation at the moment and and their involvement. So, all we can do now is wait. But on the flip side, and on and the positive out of this is, you know, we've talked about sort of cycling needing more backers. You know, more more Jerry Ryan's, more Andy Reese, um, uh, Resty Soul from, of course, the owner of BMC. You know, people like that. No one. Well, I, did, I certainly didn't see this Manuela Fundacion coming on board. So here's suddenly a company with obviously a lot of money to spend and come into cycling. They could have gone elsewhere. They could have gone to football. They could have gone to tennis, golf. They've chosen cycling. So I think it's important that we focus on the positive that, hey, Absolutely. you know, cycling's still got, got a selling point to, to some um, philanthropic people. And on the flip side, you've got news like CCC, for example, is moving away from the sport completely. Yes, yeah. uh, so there are teams that are also in serious trouble, uh, financial trouble, structure trouble, uh, and not smaller team like you know, CCC is a, is a massive team. Yeah. Uh, Van Avermaet is need probably to to look elsewhere and and to understand what his career path will be. At least for the Orica Green Age, uh, Michelton Scott, there's a bit of the legacy continuing. There is, there is, and and you know companies like Scott, the, obviously the bike brand, they've been on there since day one. So the bike brand since 2012 that's pretty amazing when you think yeah. about it it's a long time as a, as a bike brand to be with the one team so you would think that they would like to stay stay involved there i'd like to see the colors maybe change the jersey that we've seen of manuela fundacion I'm not sure it's they'll be easy to spot i do i do like the pink uh, do you? sleeve there yeah, i do i do like okay. I'm, I'm wearing a pink belt as uh, we speak uh, yeah, I do okay. like it. Yeah, uh, French, a bit like that, <laughs> uh, I, I'm known to wear pink shoes as well. But uh, so pink is not uh, what phrase me. That logo is scary. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the logo. Yeah, yeah. Now, look, I think we'll see a complete redesign of their their clothing. They'll be working furiously now. I think to sort of rebrand everything, you know, in readiness for the for the can we call it well a restart of the season. But it's look either way, it's exciting. Absolutely it's exciting, and and. You know, a door closes, another one opens, and, and I'm sure that will happen in Australia as well. Absolutely. Uh, you mentioned the, the racing is coming, uh, and how I'm, I'm fidgety. I'm absolutely fidgety. I just it's want coming. it to start. <laughs> I know. I mean, it's been I, too this, long, man. And it's really <laughs> selfish again. I want it to start because just in case there's these little, I don't want to say it, but I'm going to cluster outbreaks mm-hmm. and we go, I don't think we'll shut down again. But I just want the racing to start, and once we start, we can say, "Oh, you can't stop us now. We're already we're already up and running." Now, cue the Queen song. Come. Yes. <laughs> You're doing well. Yes, exactly. Um, in in more uh, like seriously as well, uh, in the shakers and movers and so on. There's been a lot of rumours about Romain Bardet. I'm not saying he's going to move, but there's been discussion that he's willing. His mindset is already. You know, in, in should he move from AG to R? That debate, I think, is we've discussed open. this previously. Yeah, uh, I think we might have discussed it at the Tour de France, even. And I think back then I said, and I'll say it now, I think he should move. And I'm not saying they're not a good team, but I think he needs a shake up himself. Uh, but where would he go? That's the- well, that's actually Kino. If he listens to this, got a very good uh, theory. He posted this on Twitter, Sunweb. Sunweb could be a great match for someone. Why like does he Robert. think that? Though? Well, when you look oh, at it, sorry, the- yeah, I was, I, was, I was getting confused with. Um, Yumbo Visma then. No, no, Sunweb. I thought they're, they're stacked heavy with GC guys. No, no, Sunweb. Yeah. Look at Sunweb. You know, they've done really well for Barguil. 
for Michael Matthews. Yep. Uh, but so they don't have a big GC guy at the moment, do they? Do they? No, but not 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 at that caliber. They 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 did really well to bring Dumoulin up. Yep. So it's a good outfit, mm. and it could be a nice one. And I, I agree with Kino on this one that it could be a nice one, a per, like almost a perfect fit for someone like Bardet to release the pressure. Mm. He's not on a French team anymore. Um, and then, but they are a serious outfit as well. They've they've won jerseys. He's on the money. Tour. No, yeah. Kino's on the money. He, he's never far. He's not often off the money. So no, no, I agree. I, I think it's a good. It's a good call. Um, but in terms of the movers and shakers, there's actually probably people are staying. Yeah. Molema just signed for another two years at uh, at Trek. Yeah, that that's. I mean, he's 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 uh, such a sort of worthy rider on any team. Molema, I've always loved him. He's not. He's not. It's not flashy in your face. No, nah, but he's you know but he's, he's won Il Lombardia. He's won you know he's been up there on general classification in the Grand Tours. He's such a workhorse for any team. He's such a positive sort of rider. Um, so that's fantastic. But the the surprising one for me a little bit is Andre Greipel. Two more seasons. The Gorilla. He'll yeah. be nearly 40, won't he? Do you know what? When he signed at Arkea, we just went, that's going to be the last year. Yeah. Three years on, he's still going to be here. It wouldn't surprise me. It did. I, th- I think the headline I saw was two more racing seasons. It would not surprise me if he transitioned as a di- directing role or sort of like what Matt Heyman uh, did with Mitchell and Scott because that's yeah. what he wanted actually. Greipel, he, he, they talked about it at Arkia yes. that Arkia is a team that could not offer him this. Yeah, and that was a, probably a silly move. Maybe he should have stayed at the uh, Lotto. He was yeah. before. Yeah, he should have stayed at Lotto because he could have he grew had up with Lotto and had a role in there. Yeah, so maybe the Israel Cycling, the Israel Academy Cycling, because they are also actually on the way up. It's a new team. We haven't seen much of them in in no, the pro, in the pro I level. I think they're going to make headwaves. Absolutely. I think I think they're going to be a team that will come out of this. Sort of COVID. Well, they've got Martin, Martin as well, is there? Yeah, yeah, they're going to. I don't think they've been affected yeah. financially. So I think they're going to be one of the teams that come out of this better on the other side. Um, but you're right, there's a lot of movers and shakers. And talking about moves, there's also a change in date now of Il Lombardia, uh, speaking of. So it with the revised program, it was going to be October 31st. It's now been moved forward to October 15. So it's moved forward October 15. it's a big 15. move because the calendar it's, is so packed up. It's jam-packed anyway. Um, but they've done it for a reason. Uh, but it's a week after Milan-San Remo. Mm-hmm. So if I tell you what, if all this racing happens, we're saying we're going to be spoiled. Well, we're just going to be even spoiled even more. And you're going to have to take out potentially a few subscriptions to watch because as much as good as SBS is, yeah, we, we, have all, we have all the biggest and the best, <laughs> we don't have everything. So <laughs> you might just have to, um, yeah, I don't to know. Look at, to look a bit, a bit wider. But that's yes, a- <laughs> but it, gee, it's going to be jam-packed, that's for sure. So look, t- talking about this calendar, actually, um, Tour de France, of course, the big one. Um, but there's also the other Grand Tour, so Giro and Vuelta. Uh, if we look at the calendar, question for you, can someone or anyone make a double this year? And if yes, can you even imagine a double Tour de France Giro? Or if someone goes for the double, it will have to be Tour de France Vuelta because of the calendar, the structure of it. Yeah, good question. Uh, I can't see anyone doing Tour Giro. Simple fact it's 12 days between the finish of the Tour de France, which finishes on the 20th of September. The Giro starts 3rd of October. And so the, 12 the recovery days. The worlds are in between. The worlds are in between? Yeah, the worlds are in between. <laughs> You're kidding me. <laughs> the worlds are a week after the Tour in Switzerland. 
Oh, my goodness. Yeah, no, I think you're right. It's, so, it's no, no. thrown us all over the place, hasn't yeah. it? So, no, I, I think – but I think the two are – and the Vuelta, absolutely. And the the one guy I think who is just chomping at the bit to get racing is the man himself, Chris Froome. Let's remind ourselves, you don't need reminding, but his terrible accident in the Dolphin, he, almost 12 months ago now yeah, to the actually, day, yeah, yeah, actually. Day, yeah. uh, so he hasn't raced. He's barely had a race. He was, he will be just itching to get racing. Is that, is that an advantage or could that actually play against him to for, have not raced? Me? Yeah, not raced for 12 months. No, I think right now, it's an advantage, I think, just because no one else has raced now for two months. So he's already so overcome sort of, that frustration? He's overcome the frustration. Okay, now he's had to deal with the COVID. But he's been out for a while anyway. He knows how to train. He's a pro. He's an absolute professional, Chris Froome. We know that. His record speaks for itself. So I actually think I actually think this is going to be good for him. Um, you know, But they've so, got that, that – then the debate continues – who is the leader of that squad? You've got three guys who've won the Tour de France. You've got Froomey, really, is number one with the amount of tours he's won. Bernal's a new kid on the block, superstar. And Winning let's not forget Garen Thomas. Yeah. So, actually, good question around this, because pre-COVID, you could have argued that Ineos would have probably tried to win the three Grand Tours, you know, with yep. the three leaders they had. Mathematically, they could have done it. Is this even possible now? Can Ineos still win the three Grand Tours? So, can they save someone like Garen Thomas, for example, do we know if he's going to do the Tour de France or is, uh, will he sell himself for the Giro? Uh, and quid of the other part of the team? Have they got the roster to sustain those three if tours he, in a month and a half? That's the point you've just hit on the head and that's what I was going to say. There, there's two There's two issues there. One is, and I'd love to see it, Garen Thomas go to the Giro and I think it'd be good for the race as yep. well. So he, he doesn't do the Tour de France because I don't think he can. I don't think he could even go to the Tour as a support role, you know, uh, 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 losing time here and there, focus on helping Froome and Bernal in the mountains and then do the Giro. It wouldn't work. You'd be too tired. So I think it'd be great if he did the Giro. Uh, but the other problem, and more importantly, has any team, even Ineos, you know, have they got the roster to sustain those three tours? Yes, they can book end it at the Tour and the Vuelta, no problem, I think, with the same eight riders. But you've still got to have yeah. – you've got to have all those eight riders completely healthy um, – you know, uh, injury-free, et cetera, et cetera. And then you've got to have another roster to do the Giro. Just so, to clarify, the Vuelta and the or Tour of it, the Giro and the Vuelta overlap by one week. Exactly. You can't even have, even if they were superhuman, they can't actually be in two places at once. And there's a few of those guys there that have been, you know, super, super domestiques in Chris Froome's Tour de France wins and Garrett Thomas or even Bernal who would also line up at Paris-Roubaix. Exactly, which and is during... <laughs> Paris-Roubaix clashes with both the Vuelta and the Giro, I believe. Yeah, but they clash so there. It's, it's... When we tell you it's going to be a crazy year, we already see it's going to be a crazy cycling but year I, when it starts again. Some people have criticised, or not criticised, yeah, I guess they've been critical of it, is the right word, saying, oh, you know, it's all jammed in, how are they going to do it? Riders won't be able to do this. And we've, I think we've said this before, what I love about it is a rider who can win or believes he can win, he or she, we can say now, which is exciting, can win Paris-Roubaix, will not go to a Grand Tour. If yep. they get their way with their team, they will purely focus on Paris-Roubaix. So suddenly you'll see these riders in the Grand Tours who normally, you know, all, they'll do, all they're good at is on the flat stages, all they're good at. Of course, they're better than just that. But you won't see them because they'll be focusing on the classics. Except one. Who's that? Sagan. 
<laughs> that is <laughs> well or will he will he just not do Paris-Roubaix this year because there's still a tour in it or tours well he won't he'll do the Tour de France yep and then he won't do the Giro or the Volta that's my pick so he will be at Roubaix he will be at with Roubaix the, with a serious contention yeah so can it. you imagine the guys at Roubaix they'd, they'd be there anyway we know that but now I just think it's more specific it's Absolutely. really, you know, the, the calibre of riders are going to be really specific to the actual race that's well, on. Well, I come back to him, uh, Derbo. What does Derbo do? Because Derbo is, a, is an engine for, for a Grand Tour. He could have um, helped any of the Yates throughout the Tour de France or the Vuelta or yeah. those tours. I, I know, we know that uh, they've done historically well at the Vuelta and the Giro, uh, winning it or not, but they've done really well. Durbo was and Jack Haig as well. They were, both of them were really helping yeah. the the leader to. Well, Durbo is going to be he he will but do some, yeah someone like Durbo. I'll call it now. He'll do Tour de France and then he won't do the other either of the other Grand Tours. He'll be at Paris Roubaix, and it stands to reason, you know. I think and you'd put him in the Tour de France squad for that. So in actual fact. This works well for Luke Durbridge in terms of getting selection for the tour because yeah. they'll look at that, but. Someone like Jack Haig could have been a contender for either the Giro or the Vuelta, specifically yep. the Vuelta, yep. I, I think. But he might not have the help of someone like Durbo to help him. Yeah, do that's this. right. Yeah, it's a tricky. It's a balancing act. It's a balancing act, and we are going to endeavour to get uh, probably in the next, hopefully in the next month. I'm jumping the gun here, but certainly have a chat with Matt White about that once once we get really close to the racing start because it, it will be really interesting to see how they they juggle it, won't it? Um, it will be interesting if he told to us, if he tells us as well. <laughs> yeah. We can ask the question, not sure we'll get the yeah, answer. Yeah, 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 totally, totally. Not knowing him a bit. Yeah, yeah. Um, anything else in uh, the world of cycling? I want just yes. to mention Mavic. Yes. Uh, Mavic is, a, is the yellow uh, motorbike that carries the wheels. Legendary brand in France for wheels and anything around cycling. Yeah, uh, they've been in a financial trouble, and the, the the Badger might come to help them. Yeah, the Badger is it's interesting, isn't it? There's, I mean, it's I don't, I don't know whether it's you know just little cycling whispers or, but there is talk that Bernardino is in in with a group, so a company, I suppose, looking at taking over Mavic. But I've also heard on the grapevine in the industry of 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 cycling that. This isn't the first time that Mavic has been in trouble. So there's been a couple of times. Obviously, it's it becomes a headline through the COVID nineteen crisis that suddenly they're about to be they're shut down. But let's hope they continue because they have been a, a fantastic brand throughout um, cycling for many, many, many years, haven't they? But have they gone overtaken by the, the technology, by other brands in wheels, for example? Oh, they, I think they have at the you, moment. You know, they, they were at the forefront of, yes. of technology. Yeah. They've slowed down a bit much in the r and I guess. Yeah, I, I'd agree. I mean, you know... There's, there's other brands like Zip and so on that have coming up with... Zip, Fulcrum, there's all those brands that, uh, and even Shimano... As much as they're known for their group sets, their wheels are pretty handy as well. So Camp Ignolo, who own Fulcrum, yeah, they've they've spent quite a bit on their R and D, and I'd agree with that. I think Mavic need a, a big overhaul. There was a big rumor as well in Mavic that they didn't know who owns them, yeah, uh, because there was a. What is like, it with you, French? <laughs> I don't like, know. Yeah, yeah, like, hang on, who owns this company? <laughs> well, we wear pink belts, but we're not too good at business. <laughs> you got too much money. <laughs> uh, yeah, gee. like they, they were they were dis- debating on. Who actually owns Mavic? Uh, was the deal gone through at the time? And who were the actual owners of Mavic? 
Well, and that, it, it, that poses a problem, doesn't it? <laughs> or it seems like maybe that's why they've come into financial difficulty because it, maybe the, there was some mismanagement. But it'd be a shame on. to see a brand like Mavic uh, for anyone, not just me, for, for oh, to go. Because they, they've been part of cycling for decades. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Absolutely. Um, Anything else, Sam? There is. There's a few other snippets, actually. So we, I think, and they all deserve a mention. Um, there's a fantastic one. I got to interview this gentleman at Tour Down Under this year, Lockie Morton. Everest record, yeah. Everesting, seven hours, 32 minutes, 52 seconds. What a legend. I mean, that is awesome. He rides, for, of course, for EF Education First. He's been a rider. He's had a contract with them the last 12 months, so 2019. He basically went off and raced these massive endurance races, ultra endurance races all around the world. Um, and now he's just done this Everesting challenge and broken the the world record, they're calling it. So seven hours, 32 minutes. Pretty awesome. Um, our Talking man... of EF, just very quickly, have you seen this footage with uh, Uran and a uh, uh, farmer? Yeah. Just, you know, uh, Is it Was it set up or what? I don't know. I don't know. He was still 45k an hour, though. Set, <laughs> set up or not. In a set of shoes. In, 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 in and a backpack. Shoes. And a backpack. Really, and after that, they he took the he took him to a bike shop and got him a bike and a full kit and so on. Uh, no and, way, yeah. So, that's yeah. cool. I don't that, know if it's set up or not. It's funny to watch. It's <laughs> cool to watch. Uh, Craig Richards, the CEO of Bicycle Network, Absolutely. who we had on uh, a few weeks ago. Now, some great news, uh, at least in Victoria, so in Melbourne specifically, and a call out for federal investment. Yes, yep, forty kilometres of protected bike lanes that are leading in and around Melbourne CBD are being fast tracked. So. We're mentioning it because let's plug it and let's get the other states doing the same. And I think the other states are doing some stuff as well, but you're dead right. Let's get the federal government on board now. So well done to Bicycle Network because they are, as we've said, a big lobbyist um, for that sort of stuff. Um, and also, actually, the Lord Mayor of Melbourne, Sally Cap, she's a she's really into cycling. So I think we're in a pretty good place. If you're a cyclist in Melbourne at the moment, it's not a bad time to be on your bike. So um, uh, there's a couple of other little snippets here. No moor in the Flanders, in Flanders this year. Scott Sunderland, another one who we spoke yep. to back in the day, they've just released their revised courses. Do we so, know why? Do we know why? No, I haven't had a chance to read through it all. And Scotty might be another one we might want to get back uh, to discuss that at some stage. But well, I mean, is the social distancing for the crowd on the side, could that come to... No, I don't uh, think any... so. I don't know, short answer. I think they've just revised the race because of what's happened. I think they've looked at a slightly easier parkour. Um, but yeah, it'd be interesting to get Scotty's thoughts on that. Um, what so I want to mention, Tomo's 25... Yes. Uh, it's actually great to watch. Uh, check it out on the Cycling Central uh, um, website. Our good friend, Michael Tomorais. Yeah. yeah. Uh, he, he would have been his 25th tour. He's still going to be his 25th tour, although he's probably not going to be on the ground. Yeah. Um, but it's still going to be his 25th tour, tour coverage. Uh, 25 is a huge number. And SBS is looking back at the best of his 25th. It's a great little series of documentaries. It's brilliant to watch. It's on the Cycling Central website. It is absolutely brilliant. And I'm glad you brought that up. And, uh, I almost choke up when I, when I say this because it's true. Cycling owes Mike Tomolaris a Absolutely. massive debt because he, and he's told me the story, obviously we know behind the scenes, you know, 25, 30 years ago, he was really sort of focusing on football, soccer. And obviously, um, you know, the football people sort of came into SBS with that, who had that knowledge and sort of, 
you know, sort of nudged him out slightly and suddenly the Tour de France was up for grabs. He actually was, uh, I can't speak on his name, but he says in the first episode that he actually was at the Euro 96 and got asked to leave the Euro, yep. uh, which was in England, yeah. uh, leave the Euro to go to the Netherlands to the start of the Tour de France. Yeah. And he, he didn't see why he had to do it. Yeah. Apparently, he said that he was spewing yes. because football yeah. was his life. But, but within the first hour of the Tour, he understood, okay, this is a different level. <laughs> yeah, and, and I think management at the time said to him, you know, we're looking at investing in cycling. We think it's a it's a pretty cool sport. We like this thing, and it fits the charter of SBS. Twenty five years later, so well done to you, Tomo, and um, yeah, I hope out. I'm rubbing shoulders uh, with you at some stage later this year. Let's fingers crossed. But hint, 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 massive, no. <laughs> yeah, no, it's a massive effort. It's it's sensational. So well done. Absolutely, another effort is the one that is ahead of you. Uh, I know you didn't really <laughs> want to talk too much about it, but let's just mention it a little bit. You're about to embark in something uh, across America. I am virtual race across America, twelve days, four and a half thousand kilometers, and seventy-two thousand meters of climbing. That's right, peeps. It's not feet. It's meters. Uh, yeah, I am. It starts. Very soon, yeah. very soon, and I'm looking forward to it. But if I can just quickly mention, there's two fantastic organisations, charities that I'm supporting, and already, and you have donated to you champion to them. I've got a donation that was, page. That was set only up. half my chocolate budget for the month. So. <laughs> <Good>. <laughs> Go Foundation, which is an, a, an indigenous um, foundation set up by the great Adam Goods and Michael O'Loughlin, two former Sydney Swans greats. And basically it empowers Indigenous youth through education and they do some fantastic um, uh, programs and scholarships that they offer Indigenous kids. And it's an area, honestly, that I've always wanted to sort of get involved in. And so this has just given me a great opportunity and I'm excited to support them. And the other one is the Starlight Foundation and specifically the Express Room, the Starlight Express Room. I've been lucky enough to see the Starlight Express Room. I've got two incredibly healthy, uh, almost older teenagers now who never got sick as babies or young kids. So I'm one of the fortunate ones, but there's plenty of mums and dads who aren't so fortunate. And the Starlight Express Room is effectively a games room inside a hospital. They have one in every Australian children's hospital throughout the country. Uh, they don't get government funding, so they rely on private funding. And uh, it's an incredible job that they do there. So I hope you can support both. Go to maccasram.com or or go or follow the links, in fact, on Cycling Central because, of course, SBS are a partner of the event. So, yeah, it's going to be great. Absolutely. And how are you feeling? I know, like we can oh, say... When nerve, we, I'm a bit we, nervous. We record this podcast today on the 16th of June. It is 11.15. Uh, in about 12 hours, you'll be on the bike. 11 p.m. I start, <laughs> yeah. Uh yeah, I'm. You know what? I'm Good actually. Good on you to be here for. But you know, no, no, no. It's a pleasure. Take my, it's taking my mind off it. You know what I'm nervous about? Just getting to the start line. I rode into work today, okay. so I just want to negotiate the traffic, take my time, not get taken out <laughs> on the way home. But I must say, and I, I don't want to harp on about it, but it is a fact. My mission now has really become about the charities and the people like yourself that have donated has been just incredible. So a massive thank you to all the people who have donated. Um, from friends, from colleagues, from people I don't know, from people from the Chain Reaction Foundation who I do some work for that have donated. It's just been 
Really good. So that is my mission now, and I've got to get through this thing to, to you know, pass that back on to both of those charities. Absolutely. And uh, you know what? I'll enjoy the other half of my bu- chocolate budget uh, <laughs> watching you. <laughs> I might hit you up for it halfway through. <laughs> thank you, Michael. Good luck for everything. Yeah, thank you. Cheers. This was the uh, Zwift Cycling Central podcast. Uh, before we go, uh, let me remind you that you can uh, download, stream, or subscribe to our podcast on our website, sbs.com.au slash cyclingcentral or log the rides with our lovely friends at Zwift. Until next time, it's bye for now. Before we go, a quick shout out to Zwift, the app that turns indoor training into a game. Getting started on Zwift is easy. You just need your bike, a trainer, and your PC, Mac, or Apple device. Zwift offers training plans, interval workouts, and a global community. Get strong and get motivated with every ride. Give people a ride on, and you're sure to get one back as together you enjoy the massive benefits of social indoor training. Go to Zwift.com today and start your free trial.